0: This is the Danger Closed Podcast. Beyond the books with me, Jack Carr. Today, I'm honored to welcome Clint Smith to the podcast. Clint is a United States Marine, served two tours in Vietnam. He was shot, which we discuss in this podcast, and then went on to serve as a police officer, worked for HK, then Gunsight, and then branched out and started at Thunder ranch so you can find him at thunder ranch inc on the social channels and on the website and this is his new book right here urban rifle two so without further ado let's jump into it all right here I am at Thunder Ranch. Good morning, uh, with Clint Smith. Good morning, How sir. Are How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And for those watching, we're having a little fireside chat here after a couple great days like of training. That's it. Right. That's fireside right. Tests, yeah. yeah. We've been out here with Stephen Pressfield, of uh, author of Gates of Fire, for the last couple days here, reintroducing him to some weapons craft. Yes, sir. And had a great time, but. Uh, uh clint thank you so much for for everything for having us out here and for all just your a, love and support over the years it uh means the means the world to me
1: well some t- uh, people may or may not know but you and i've known each other for decades now multiple so we've been around um so uh i, I think they would go like oh he's just interviewing this guy and getting on no actually we've known each other for a long time so this was interesting to uh have um people who are real writers yeah, yourself well. okay well, Stephen Pressfield, Steven, for sure. Right, wow. Yeah, right, Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I think it's uh, a good time. And, and, you know, he's an interesting individual. Uh, and anybody who knows, like, Gates of Fire, they'll know the books and, you know, that he does a lot of stuff in that from a historical sp- perspective yep. on, you know, war and warriors and stuff. But it was, uh, he was a former Marine, like yep. myself, in 0311. Okay? 1965. Uh, right, 1965. And, um, you know, he, he just openly said, hey, I really haven't shot a gun since then for 50 years right? you know so um it was interesting and you know they um you see without being ugly you see the light come on mm-hmm. you know like in the sense of like oh yeah i kind of remember that you know uh, but um at the same time you know it's like everything it's a perishable skill when you talk about firearms and so um and if you just add to it the fact that it's perishable on its own on your best day and then add to it you know, a few years. Um, <laughs> a year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a really good gig. Yeah, a yeah, you know? great few days. And, and he, he got to look at some stuff as far as um, a, a historical perspective. I think the correct word is martial Arms, mm, sure. like the history. That was great. So we, we covered that and, and to kind of see the lineage of it was um, interesting. So I, yeah, and we had some um, good Good times like talking about stuff that was great you know, yeah
0: you know, like, they 're uh, not used to this sort of you know, thing right? uh, in their normal everyday, so he experience. and I even had good conversations this, some this
1: morning i mean he 's basically you know one foot in the car and one foot out the door, but, yep. um, just you we know, are just talking about things that you know what makes people do what they do are they truly because I think there are a lot of words today that are really misused or overused. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hero. I heard you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I go like, OK, so did the person jump on the grenade to think that they would be a hero or did they jump on it for their teammates? And then are do we define them as a hero afterwards? You know, what I mean, yeah. their act was heroic, but I don't I don't know that in those. And you've been there uh, and I've been there a long time ago in those very very shall we say intense moments you know something's not going exactly right we're not losing but it, this is, this could be bad um, you know do people rise to that from training you know uh, you know just like uh, i i talk to people and i go like all right do you remember the first book that you wrote and do you remember the last book that you wrote and they were the same but it was different yeah you know so like uh, does a person become more heroic if they survive something traumatic,
0: Definitely over, most overused terms, especially in the, the sports right, world. Right, Hero and, uh, and warrior, when you're right. talking about someone that uh, hits a ball or makes a basket. Um, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah, it's for a, $35 million a year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, oh, you know.
1: that was a heroic shot. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it was, not. It was a good shot. I'm sorry, yeah. It was a good shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, threw the, you threw the thing a
1: long ways. You know? but, and,
0: well, I wanted to ask you a couple of things okay. today about um, your experience as far as moving into the Marine Corps, uh, going through boot camp. What happened after that, and uh, and then where you ended up? So, do you remember? Do you remember your uh, your first experience at Marine Corps boot camp? And was it was it Paris Island?
1: No, I was a Hollywood. So You're San Hollywood, D- okay. Yeah, San okay. Diego, uh, next to Coronado. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I knew yeah. that. Yeah. And so, because we used to listen to the sailors over on Coronado, <laughs> you could hear them from there. Uh, you know, it was a different time then. So, you know, uh, what year was it? 1967. So, I graduated in June of '67. I went in the Marine Corps in September, and. Um, People go like, well, you, I, I got it. Um, my family, you know, they weren't like uh, what you call lifers. In other words, they weren't career military, but my dad served in World War II, and my, my dad's dad, my grandfather served in both one and two wow. uh, as far as the wars, and uh, it was just a different time. I and mean, We were raised differently. I mean, you know, we were the kind of people that had the American flag flying in the front yard on a pole. Yep. You know, and um, so I don't, I, didn't, I don't think about it. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to go to college, Okay, I mean, I knew that. Um, I mean, I kind of made it through high school, sort of, you know, um, and I... um yeah, I, I, that was just... That was the past. That was the deal. You know what I do mean, you so?
0: remember the first weapon that you, did you... Had you shot before you got there? Had your dad take? Yeah, you Yeah, we shooting? went
1: hunting as kids. And, you know, I used to go with my dad. My dad was a career police officer, like 25 years. So that he did do a career. at. Uh, and I always went with my dad okay. more than the other kids. You know, yeah. uh, my older brother, you know, I go rabbit hunting with him. But um, I used to go with my dad when my dad was a shooter. I mean, he was a shooter. Uh, but I used to go with him and, and uh, we'd go to the police range. And then we would shoot and you i would kind of shot sit there yeah it's smith and wesson six inch barrel k38 and that was was that his that duty? was no that would have been his like competition gun okay and you know in bullseye they had three guns like a 45 uh, a, a 38 and a 22. Oh, okay so they shoot three classes like in bullseye at least they did then i have no idea what they do now you know yeah. so yeah i, I had shot and i um you know absolutely i remember you know so i went there in september uh it was dark like i think they plan it that way uh, <laughs> you get off the bus get all yellow footprints go inside get your hair cut um you know go inside open a box put all your shit in a box you know have a label made out send everything you own you're kind of standing there butt naked you know all the stuff that was civilian mm-hmm. is now gone yeah uh, i mean and literally Tens and tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of people have done it, mm-hmm. so a lot of people can relate to it. I mean, there was yeah. some form of that for you oh, yeah. when you went in the Navy. So Off it's the bus, same thing. So and then um, the whole thing. Um, you don't really do uh, very much uh, in the beginning. Except uh, let's run and less. Oh yeah, yeah, run and you know and run. And then so the first rifle, the what real big, the real big introduction, uh, M14. M14. So that, okay. that's what I uh, started with. That's what I grew up with um that's what i um uh, you know qualified with in the marine corps that's what i uh, carried i um on occasion uh, someone always tried to issue me an m16 but I later used, yeah later in like in vietnam and so like uh, i'd always try to like go oh look over there baby wolf and then i would get in 79 <laughs> okay you know, a grenade launcher and i used a uh when i was in cap units i used a uh, M14 with the ANPVS2.
0: Ooh, I want to take a picture of that. Yeah, so like that that's was. about as big as the M14 and weighs about as much. And how far could you see with that? Uh,
1: about across the living room. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was it, it didn't awesome. get much better
0: by, yeah. I don't know, 2000 when we had the uh, ANPVS250, right. I think it was called, right. um, or KN250. And that thing was pretty big and had a bunch of, I don't know, mirrors right. and refractors in there. Yeah, and right. It got you about out to, so I, don't know, it, I think like 250 yeah. or so. Yeah, and this ultimately. thing literally,
1: in the very, very best of conditions, you could probably sort of think you saw something at 100 yards. Right, we couldn't yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah, you couldn't identify. Right. Yeah, right. So, and that wasn't necessarily good or bad, but whatever. So, yeah. But to backtrack, so yeah. like um, M14 in boot camp to qualify. Camp. Okay. And uh,
0: then but, where do you go from there? But Edson Range,
1: camp. and then in theory, you go. You know, at that time frame, uh, you went home for a week or ten days or something. You know, and in 1967, everyone knew where you're going. Yep. You are going one It wasn't going to be a surprise. Yeah, FMS, Westpac, that's what it was called then. Uh, Fleet Marine Force, yep. Westpac, Western Pacific, Vietnam. So, okay, no problem. Um, and um, so I went from there, came home, in theory, go back to what are called staging battalions, so they stage everyone to get ready to go.
0: So there wasn't an advanced infantry type thing? No, before. I already did that. So, like, so boot camp oh, yeah, and then- boot,
1: boot camp, ITR itr
0: uh, infantry called, training
1: now it's called school of infantry i think that okay. S- and where was S- that and that camp pendleton okay okay you know so you got to climb up the hill and down the hill no, <laughs> and, <down there.
0: laughs> and still, m14's.
1: Yeah, still m14s yeah still m14s nothing changed on that about how long was that so can i say a month
0: yeah it, i, I kind of think so that's about a
1: right. month ish i think it was about you a you go month, there yeah. and you're
0: doing uh, you know, infantry, just, tactics. infantry
1: tactics you know they had to improvised sort of what you'd call a at that time, since we were fighting in Vietnam, they had like a Vietnamese village okay. that had play actors and you were supposed to chase people around in the woods and then run through barbed wire and be crazy. And Had and those
0: instructors been in Vietnam already and come back? I'm pretty sure that most of them had. Okay, okay. From,
1: I vividly remember that my three drill instructors in, in boot camp had all been to Vietnam oh, wow. and, and, and uh, two of them had Purple Hearts. Wow. Uh, and there were two E-5s, Sergeants. And then the senior drill instructor uh, was a gunnery sergeant. OK, OK, so you'd have three. So they would be in the daytime, mostly working over. Then there'd always be one that had the duty at night, uh-huh. you know, so like to post the fire watch and da da that, da, da, oh, da, that, yes. da. So
0: um, boot camp, um, ITR and an ITR, it was M14 and did you M79? Did you do mm. any mortar work? Oh, yeah, did you do we, we any shot M79's.
1: Uh, we shot, at that time, 3.5 rocket launchers. You got to fire a round, a live round, One, one round. You got, you got to uh, turn on a flamethrower, have oh. it strapped on your back, and burn stuff up, which was, um, yeah, and most of it was just, you know, like literally like we shot a pistol, 1911, okay. and it was literally a fan fire. And you walked up, guy loaded the magazine, loaded the gun, don't point it at me. Point it down there. Pull the trigger seven times. Great. Get out of here. Next. Yeah, next. Yeah, right. So you could say that. Yeah, I've seen one. Wow. You know, but that's sort of like I saw a baby wolf. You know, okay. like well.
0: Same thing. Uh, I like throw one grenade type thing. Yeah, throw a grenade, mm-hmm.
1: and that was always exciting, because uh, like <laughs> the some, pit. some knucklehead always uh-huh. dropped it in the pit. You know, so oh, everybody bails geez. out. So, uh, but um, then the it machine was, guns, any M60? Yeah, the, um, I think we we got them loaded it unloaded it, but then they started to get into like, um, um, you know, uh, sort of specialty stuff, because when you got out of boot camp, you would be given your MOS. So like okay. I was three eleven. The army would be eleven. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, O331 Our guns, machine guns, three forty ones mortars. OK, mm-hmm. so like you'd start to know what your skill set Task should be right. Okay, you shot all the other stuff as a familiarization, but you will like do that. So and that, and that was that. And most of it, you know, that was. Uh, I'm not saying they rushed you because I don't know. Like, where are you going? Right. But at the same time, you know. Okay, let's it wasn't get very it. in depth. Yeah, yeah. You just get it. Let's get it done. Let's get out
0: of the way. Okay? How about tactics-wise? Was it flankings uh, um, and ambushes and anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: to some degree, but uh, um, same thing. You know, like in retrospect. Um, you know, our deal is always like, okay, hey, I have three days to teach somebody how to shoot a rifle. So I can't really beat them up very much, sure. okay? But then, you know... Um I wasn't necessarily a paying customer, so to speak. You know, you 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 just do <laughs> right. what they tell you. Yeah, right. You, you go
0: do that. So um, how about Claymore's? Did you guys do Claymore's? Uh, no, 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 mess with those. OK, uh, that
1: would be then. I know that the guys that were given the MOS for EOD mm-hmm. explosive, those guys, they started messing with stuff and messing with stuff. The gun guys, they got guns The mortar guys got mortars. OK, okay. and the infantry guys like myself, you just basically got sort of like, OK, here's the flash view of everything, so to speak. Um, but, um, you know, he did that and went home, came back and went, back, went home yeah. again. Got yeah, another no, week so no, we only we're only one time. So boot camp, okay, all the ITR, got um, it. go home for a week, come back. Uh, and then you to go to staging Diego. battalions. Um, yeah. And so when you're at staging, staging battalions are actually held at Camp Pendleton. Okay. So the staging was there and then, um, you. Literally, you stand in line, you walk up, and they give you your orders, you know, like FMF Westpac, you know, smack them, FMF, because everyone's still private. I mean, you might be a P, PFC or two in there. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and then they, I got to the front, and they go, uh, DLIWC, yeah. Defense Language Institute, West Coast, yeah, Monterey. Did you know what that was? I had no idea. I even asked the guy, uh, what's <laughs> that? He goes, you're going to language school. And I go, oh, really? That was my first inkling that the Marine Corps might have idiosyncrasies. (laughs) I'm kind of going like, really? Dude, I don't even speak English right, okay? You know, uh, I mean, I I took high school, Spanish in high school, and, and... do you remember no. taking an aptitude test for it? Or did oh, they no, just no. Say, well, like, whatever. You. You know, like I know, now I know, you know. They go, hey, what did you do as a kid? You know, there was some pleasant person there when you first got there, and you kind of go like, oh, I went hunting with my dad, oh, 0311. Okay. <laughs> I saw a gun once on TV, oh, 0311. Uh-huh. You know How'd they saying? get
0: the language for you?
1: I have no idea. So somewhere in there, some, I must have guessed right three <laughs> times in a row. You know, so. But um, anyway, so it was a 90-day wonder course. And of course, it so was up to Monterey. You, you yeah, go. Monterey. So we got like three months in scenic Monterey. Go down to the pier. Yeah, know, not look bad. At, look at the Coast Guard boats. Look at the hoochie coochie girls. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, in retrospect, it was a total waste of the government's money for ninety days. Because and it wasn't that you did or didn't. You know what I mean, I I found a piece of paper the other day. It says I got like eighty five percent when I graduated. Nice. So whatever. But uh, um, the interesting part was. It was a total waste of money because you were taught social speaking. Like, hey Jack, would you like to come to, you know, uh, hey Bob, would you like to come to dinner? Right. You know, instead Nguyen, would you like, you know. And so that's not what you needed. What you needed was move the machine gun over here, shoot the shit out of everything that moves. You know, and so, yeah,
0: that was still a problem in 2007 when I went and they right. sent me for French right. because they thought I was going to go to North Africa, West Africa and do right. a couple things. And those are former French colonies. Right. Uh, and I got to those. I did actually go and I had an interpreter with me the whole time. So the the six months plus the, the month to get there and the month to leave kind right. of on either side of it, that right. was also a waste of the government's money. And also we did not learn those things that we needed to know no, about right. here. This rifle, this, that, move yeah. that over here. Those things we didn't learn.
1: From what I've, t- the people that I've talked to who went to language school, that seems to be a pretty generalized mm-hmm. theme. In other words, uh, it was okay, but I didn't learn whatever.
0: So, Got a few months in Monterey. Got yeah, so sure. three months
1: in Monterey, you know, the scenic on the beach kind of thing. And, and then uh, literally uh, we, um, Left right from Monterey, went to El Toro, El Toro, uh, went to Okinawa, stayed at Okinawa like two weeks. Um,
0: and are you and, with the guys now that you're going to be in no, country with or uh, you're just kind of.
1: Because like, you remember that's like now we're starting to talk uh, the first quarter of 68 that you're getting ready to go in. So
0: that's there's the, no workup. You're not going to. No, no, so, you know, the guys so you're right and no, left and nope, you've done this nope, training nope, together. You're nope. just going. You're in, going in. The, baptism by fire. The guy on fire. your
1: right or left is a Marine. And remember, that was during Tet. So casualties were really high, mm-hmm. a lot of killed, a lot of wounded, a lot of disorganization, a lot of disruption of units. So the deal with it was is I simply got plugged in, you know. So like mine was simple. I just got out of language school, remember? So like when I got there, um, you know, they give you your thing and you get on a C-130 and they fly you to um, Quang Tri, okay, right at the north, very north, northern north. part okay. of Vietnam,
0: right? Because the Marines were in the north. Is that normally
1: okay. I Corps and you know. There was some stuff there. So, in my first, uh, I was 0311 Infantry. My first uh, unit was uh, Mike Company 3-3, 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines, 3rd Marine Division. So, Mike 3-3. So,
0: um, so, you get off that plane and there's somebody. You get
1: off the plane at uh, the C-130. Um, you know, there's a gunnery sergeant there, uh, all you guys, okay. And then they take you as they herd. And then when they get there, OK, you're going to Mike company. You're going to India company. You know, like everybody from left of my hand is going to Mike. Everybody right of my hand is going to India. You know, I mean, it's just that kind of there wasn't anything. You go to the company clerk, you know, name, ranks your own number, blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, um, kind of shuffle they shuffle papers around. You Do you go. have a weapon at this point? Uh, no, not yet. OK. And so then um, somewhere in that first couple of days, they take you. And you go to the armory, you get a rifle. The first rifle they gave me was the M16. We walk out to the range, put the magazine in, load the gun, pull the trigger. It won't fire. Wow. Take the safety off. Which it was already off, but it still doesn't fire. Put it in full auto. It doesn't fire. Wow. I kind of go like, you know. Do you have an M14? Kind of yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And so like, uh, they go, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get you another one. So. They, <laughs> We go get one, and yeah. Were bang. they surprised
0: that it didn't work uh, Like, I mean, oh, here's another one. Nah, Just... I uh,
1: didn't work. Wow. You know, I mean, Marines were, in my opinion, the Marines were never impressed with the M16. Yeah. I mean, if you would have fought the Vietnam War, like when they went in in '65 on Operation Star, like that was the first big, you know, like Marine unit thing, right? Um, everybody there was M14s. Okay, that, that was, I mean, if you look back at the yeah, photographs, yeah. everybody's getting off the boat with the M14, and those were actually units that went as a unit. So okay. you and I would have known each other at Camp Pendleton. We train up know, together. We yeah, right. So in other words, that was actually, I'm thinking I'm more of like a replacement, okay, plug-in. Yeah, you know? like so that's kind of what we were, and so like. Um, Okay, great. New M16. Okay, bang. Thank God that works. Okay, awesome. Don't put it in full auto waste ammunition perfect. I got that. You know, okay, great. So we go back and sit down. And we're there. And excuse me, it's about um, week 10 days into it.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, gunnery sergeant comes in one day, it's like, we'll say 435 o'clock in the afternoon, get all your shit. You're going now your units in contact. Okay, they need people. I go like, uh, really? So it wasn't like, hey, let's have a beer before we go. And get on the bird. Off you go. So the first LZ that I went in. Uh, and you're getting what, on the helos now. Yeah, right. So now we're in Chinooks. in okay. Chinooks. Right. And uh, C-47s, okay, yeah, yep. you know, the, that mm. version. Got so it. the two-bladed. Yep crash and burn lawn darts okay so and they go uh yeah get in the thing yeah great no problem so the lz that we went in on was reasonably warm uh our guys are kind of in an open area rice paddy there's some tree lines around the rounds are coming uh they come in when they come in uh, they kick us off they kick ammo off uh they bring four people and put them on the bird uh like yeah yeah. Dead Bags. yeah, yeah. And a couple of the guys and off the bird goes. So like someone goes, get down. Okay. And I go like, okay, good idea. <laughs> so I go over and, uh, I remember the guy really well, um, he was a corporal of Marines. His name was Jose. And he said like, uh, you're in my fire team, get down here. He said, take this. Do you know how to use this? And I go, yeah, yeah. He gave me M 79. Okay. That was the last time I saw an M 16. Wow. I just kind of over the, you know, like we yeah. didn't leave it laying there. Right. But, <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, got it. No problem. Okay. And then um, we stayed there for
0: a while. and Like a while, like days?
1: No, like uh, about another hour and change. But before the hour is over, um, they kind of brought the bell of the ball there. So we had two F4 Phantoms come in. Nice. It was my first time seeing close air. Okay. And you you know you've been there. And I'm not being ugly about anybody else, but m- Marines fly really close and they really fly close for Marines. Awesome. So it was the first time that I saw them, the fans came in. Uh, they you could kinda see them before you hear them. no delay bombs. Mm. The, I call them umbrella bombs. OK. And so like it was really weird because we everybody goes put out your air panels, put out your air panels. And I go, I don't have an air panel. OK, like which I got one like the next day. Okay, Okay, and that's that's just the same thing that we have a colored colored panel. um, Stuck it on a chunk of rock. Hunter Orange. Yeah, Hunter Orange. Shoot at me. Orange. Yeah, (laughs) we put the panels out. Uh, Everybody goes like, "Okay, get your heads down. Here it comes. And you could hear them before you could see them. Uh, They were there before you actually got the idea that they were there. Yeah. And I remember rolling over and looking back and you could see them release the bombs like over there. You kind of
0: go,
1: uh <laughs> it that's looks- a bit short, <laughs> except that the umbrella comes out, you know, the four spinners. Wow,
0: okay, i pictures of that. So it goes over, Yeah. okay, wow.
1: the bombs go over. Jeez. You can feel the jets, the afterburners. Yeah. I didn't actually, wasn't smart enough. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm like 18 going on 19. I wasn't smart enough to know what the heat was. You know, I'm kind of going, oh, here comes hell. You know, like whatever, whatever flashes to your head when you're sort of dumb and yeah. and so... They went over, whacked in the tree line. Wow. Um, you know, they they fly off, and we kind of lay there for a little bit, and they kind of go, "Okay, everybody, get up, get online. We're going in the tree line." So you go in there, and it's a cluster fornication. I mean, those bombs—they jack shit up. Okay, it's just like whole shit. Everything's shredded. Okay, stinks yeah. really bad. Okay, I think. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's the ordinance. You know, like the... Combination of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body. So, um, stayed there. So, this is my one really bad Clint story. So, we get in a hole. I got in a hole. We're there. And um, it's dark. And you know what I mean. When you can put your hand out, but you can't see it. Yeah. That's dark. Oh, yeah. Okay, that dark.
0: You've been there. Oh, yeah. Okay. And is it triple canopy? No, like, so you nah, this to-
1: is kind of open still in the plain. Okay. So, we're basically in, uh, west of Quang Tree, before you actually get into. So and we're east of um, the rock pile. So we're in an area around what's called Camlo. OK. And so we were there and just kind of in the jungle. And um, the guy goes like, dude, I'm get, I got to get some sleep. I go like, OK, cool. So you're on watch. Yeah. Goes like, uh, wake me up. Here's my watch. Wake me up. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Cool. And each each smaller maneuver element had their own watch. Or are you guys with?
1: No, 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 no. We were online. Okay. So everybody dug in, and then so like you're online, and then they basically they don't put out um, LPS. They okay. don't want anybody forward.
0: Okay. So because they're you're really not sure
1: with us that we're kind of online, and then they kind of turn the ends in, from what I remember. Okay. Okay. So that yep. you kind of don't get sort of flanked, so to speak. Yep. And then uh, they did put LPs behind us, okay, which would kind of make sense. Uh, listing posts, yep, uh, which is actually, yeah, that's about all you do. And uh, so all the stuff that everyone knows that's been so, there. So you're yeah. on watch. Yeah. So I'm on watch. And so like I'm with my guy and the time goes by and I go, hey, dude, And he goes like, hey, watch a little bit longer. I'm tired. I go, okay, cool.
0: And essentially, you're just listening because you can't can't see see anything. There's no night vision. No, 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 nothing.
1: No night vision. No, we own the nights. Okay, none of that shit, which I still laugh at when people say that dumb shit. Like, (laughs) hey, we own the night. No, 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 no. Okay. So this is where I made my first decision. About whatever time it was, however dark it was, I heard something in front of me. I knew it was the right direction, that it shouldn't be making noise. So I decide to, by the way, not very many people know this uh, at all, okay? So like, this is, I'm doing this because we're friends. So like, I'm there and I kind of go like, oh, fuck. So I go, hey dude, I think there's, oh yeah, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Dude, I think there, no, Uh, uh, okay, it's okay. I go like, all right, Uh, okay, that's it, I've had it. I am literally about to shit myself. So I just pull out a frag, pull the pen, chunk the shit out of this bitch. My best Wyoming, what the hell. Okay. And hopefully I didn't say anything. Oh, no, good. Okay. And it lands and goes off. And then everybody online opened up. Okay. And I got all my tax money in that next minute that I've ever paid. And American ammunition, because everyone shot the shit out of everything in front, and people go, "That's very not very tactical. I got it, okay. So then the next thing, when they got everyone to stop, because you know, that's what Marines do—they shoot shit. Okay, it's just the way it is. Okay, so when they got everyone to stop, um, then somebody who was the gunnery sergeant came down and go. Who threw that fucking grenade? And I go, Oh, this doesn't sound good. So I go like, um, mm, not me. <laughs> so I kept the grenade ring for like three months in my pocket no one <laughs> ever knew I, no one ever knew it. it was me okay so like the dude of course when the thing went off the guy is sleeping he jumps straight up you know and he's like pow 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 you know I and mean? right. like, Whoa. And people go that's not very good fire discipline you know that all depends on whether or not you've ever been there before
0: exactly you know
1: it's easy for people to go well you know real man hey you knew you would have got a an e tool and went out there what? no a real man wouldn't no. have been there he'd have been at home in the back seat with a girl of, like, a car he was just buying until he got drafted. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, uh, and I, uh, you can ask Heidi. I, I very rarely ever tell that, but because it oh. sort of sounds chicken shitty. No,
0: it doesn't. But at I kind of go,
1: like, hey, man, you don't, know, dude, I'm 18.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a lot of you know, fun. What was out there? Uh, nothing. Or whatever it was, it got
1: blown up and shot. Okay, so we did. We did the next day. uh, (laughs) We did the next day. Get up when it was daylight, and we went through. And there were people there, but they, I believe, were killed by the airstrike the day before. You know, and like, um, so that was my first visual on dead bodies. You know, like in the sense of like dead bodies. Um, Nothing spectacular in dead bodies dead bodies, they're dead bodies, they just don't have life anymore. Yeah. And then we came out the other side, went in a rice paddy. Again, we went across open patties. And then that's where I saw a second bunch, um, quite a few actually, uh, probably 25 or 30 ish, I would guess, dead bodies. And then we went in to join up with our sister, no, our company's sister platoons. Okay. So like we were I'm thinking. Oh, I know exactly. First squad, first platoon. Okay. Nice. You know, first fire team, first squad, first platoon. Mike three three three. You don't one, 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 three, 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 three.
0: Right. Okay. So. Do you remember your mission? Um, they tell you. Here's your here's your mission. This is what we're doing here. No, we're going. Here's out the there. commander's intent. No, not, no,
1: dude, I, I was a private. So no one. Actually, ever. I was a PFC then.
0: Uh, no. So never explained no, no, any of no, that. No,
1: we just get online, stay online, don't do nothing stupid, and like go whatever. Wow. So. Uh, Not we like went, we're here to
0: clear this no, hamlet, no, this so, province. Uh, so nothing. it
1: was interesting when we got to this place, um, they needed to move us somewhere, so they brought in Amtrak's. Okay. And Amtrak is a tracked gasoline bomb. Okay? So like, you can always tell when things are bad, when you go like, okay, great, Amtrak's I rode in, they lower the thing, you get inside, and they don't lower the thing. The whole roof is covered in sandbags. Wow. When the door comes open, if you have anything heavy like ordnance, you set it inside, which I thought later on wasn't bright, but the whole floor is covered in two layers of sandbags. Then we all got on the roof. Oh, wow. That way, if it hits Mine. something, yeah, right. So uh, we did that. And then I do remember getting off, and um, the, I think they call them in your world maybe CBUs, the cluster bombs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, I, yeah, think yeah. We, I think we were still using those when I first got to the teams, yeah. I think.
1: So, like, when we got off and all these dead bodies were there, there were undetonated CBUs around. So they're going like, yo, new guy, don't kick that. And it's like, uh, okay. So that's something you learn very quick in Vietnam, never kick anything. Oh, yeah. Like, walk down a road, kick a Coke can, which there's an American um, kid alive walking down the street today who walks by a Coke can that's empty that won't kick it. I bet. And they wired them all. Everything was wired. So. um, So the next day I saw the first Marine get killed, but I but I didn't. If you. So here is how I that's um, are we are still with this. Oh, yeah. So want to go on this track. Yep. So we're walking along. And it's bright sunny day, everything's good. We're still in the paddies, tree line here or there. You know, you got flankers out. Now we're actually doing military stuff. You know, you have and you're a wedge. learning as you go. Yeah, we have a wedge. Oh, I mean, I knew what a wedge was. Okay. And I knew what flankers out was. And I knew I didn't want to be the guy on the flank. That's it really. And fortunately, I got to stay with my squad leader because I have the grenade launcher. Because mm. in those days, the grenadiers still stayed with the squad leader. It wasn't like everyone had a 203. Okay. So in theory, the squad leader would run the three fire teams. And then the grenadier would stay with okay. the squad leader. The squad leader would designate targets for the okay. fire teams. You know, And then you'd have bounding go forward, bounding go forward, bounding go forward. And um, I don't know why I remember all this shit, but I yeah. do. So, like, anyways, we were just walking along, and then there's this whomp and big explosion. I mean, just whoop, whoop, you know? And you just, like a shockwave one where you kind of yeah. like a Bose commercial. And I remember seeing then... OK, or later, whatever. Something go through the air and, and, you know, OK, great. This is a bomb. So everybody gets down. Everybody out outboard. You know, everybody OK. You start digging in and get covered. What's going on? We're out, kind of in the open again, which we think we'd have learned our lesson from two or three days. Of, yeah, but not. You get it? So like, um, then we start, OK, what was it? Who did it? Where are they? OK, and so we count off by fire teams. You know, fire team guy checks his four this fire team, that fire team squads. OK, squad leaders, OK. Grenadiers, OK. My guys are good. That squad's OK. Tell the second squad. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, no disrespect. OK,
0: so like any squad had a radio guy? Uh, no, no
1: radios on those days.
0: The so platoon would have guy, a radio. One, platoon, right, one radio right. for one platoon. Right, right. So prick twenty
1: five. OK, OK. So like uh, they go through a head count. Everybody's accounted for. And they go like, hmm. So they go back and do it again. as typical of the Marines, you know, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. Okay. And so now we come up short the radio man for our FAC, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what that was then. Right. Forward air controller. Yep. So he was actually a Marine aviator, I found out. Mm. Okay. But his radio operator had either stepped on it or was command detonated on because of the radio. Because remember, in our radios, the whip's real high. Yeah. So that's why, you know, like, and I can't help myself. And I'm just telling a story now because we're friends yes. for decades. Yesterday <laughs> when we were doing our little demos and
0: stuff. Uh-huh.
1: OK, and when you move, you move with your rifle muzzle up. And so I go, OK, you're six foot tall. You just made yourself nine foot tall in a fight.
0: Oh, and I was, turned and ran back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did yeah, have it yeah. up on the so, so, and, right, I okay. it, and I
1: get it. And so I always kind of so go like, uh, because uh, the always I think. And I remember when I taught baby cops, I go, dude, don't get behind the car. And hold your rifle up if you're moving behind a car because, like, you look like a German U boat and you're telling people where you are. It's already bad enough that we we're big six foot guys, but now we're like being even bigger. So the deal with it was, is like, they may have walked down the Ho Chi Minh Trail, but they figured out right away who put the phantom up their ass. Right. Okay. Yeah, so radio, radio operators oh. were really marked. Okay. So, like, yeah. you know, uh, like my high school friend that was killed, uh, Steven Steinbacher, mm-hmm. uh, he was with nine. Um, and he was, um, killed being a radio operator and shot through the head uh, as most of them were. Okay. Yeah, just targeted. So, yeah, Just targeted. They're right just literally, I mean, everything swings there. Cause radio first. You know, that and was the one, uh, one, yeah. That one thing is, next. yeah. Right. So the deal with it is, is you like, you know, you like, um, you stop that communications link and so then that's what they're after. So, um, uh, so yeah, I,
0: uh, and this yeah. is, this is your day too, really.
1: Yeah. So anyways it was that guy and so what I we figured out later on cuz like you know the new guy goes like hey um I saw something fly over there so they go look and of course it's the guy's boot when they found the boot then they found his dog tag cuz we always put a dog tag on our boot yeah. and it just happened to be the dog tag boot wow. and then then, you know, the, the pilot, the fat guys figures out, hey, my guy's gone, you know, which I think he did earlier. But he wasn't, you know, like, is he over here with these guys kind of digging a hole or, you know, like, OK, great. He actually is gone, like vaporized. There's nothing to pick up, nothing to theoretically send home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and, and, and I know you've seen renditions of that. So, um, yeah. And then, um, and then the
0: mission change. I mean, you didn't know what the mission really was. No, they basically, planned, in, in then, those days,
1: they would have called it like search and destroy or they called okay. it I'm, I'm, they Clear. call it sweeps. OK, so you would do a sweep on an area and stuff like that. And so and then I, you know, I stayed in the DMZ. We went all the way up into the Triple Canopy jungle and that really sucked.
0: And you're patrolling and then you're um, happy where you stay. Yeah, the roommate, deal with it is it's like you can
1: be in the bush. And I've done it before. You can be in that stuff. And literally, you know, you'll see them on TV and I'm not being disrespectful, but it's Hollywood. So they have to fill the frame. You know, what I mean, like, so they got a C4 or seven, eight or nine guys moving. Well, literally, if you started out in the morning, once you got out of the hole, and we always filled our holes. Okay. Um, and we've been known on occasion to fill the holes and leave something a little extra in there, like a grenade with a pin pulled out, like underneath the can of sea rats, because they would come back in, the NBA would dig mm-hmm. the holes back up and see what we left behind. Right. Okay. Because Marines also are lazy if they can figure out a way to get rid of a piece of heavy ordnance oh, yeah. without having to carry it, they will. That's a typical grunt, you know, like I chunked that mortar tube. Oh, I must have fell off my pack. Yeah. You know, so, Still the same today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, yeah, so we went into the triple, triple canopy, and I, I do not like that at all. You could get up in the morning. Once you filled the holes, you could walk all day long, which I'm sure we didn't go very far, maybe a mile or two in that shit. No flankers out because you can't, you'll lose them. They're like, go across the living room, they're gone. Uh, And you would see the guy in front of you and the Mm. guy in back of you. And you wouldn't know that you were you would be, you three, Larry, Curly, and Mo, Mm -hmm. you're there, and as far as you know, everyone else went home to the mall.
0: Yep. You you have no
1: idea. Okay. And then at the end of the day, you sort of gather back up a little bit, okay, trying to avoid the one grenade will get you all, which isn't the grenade, Uh, the mortars. They're really good at mortars. Yeah. And so I mortar-wise, I'll give you in, So I have a friend of mine uh, who's passed now, Major Tom Silver, uh, landed at Incheon. Wow. Uh, he was hit once in Korea by mortar fire. And he said the Koreans and the Chinese were absolutely punks with mortars. He said the Vietnamese, they'll mortar your ass. So he served two tours in Vietnam, wounded both times in Vietnam, and okay, almost lost his leg on the second one, both times mortar fire. Really? So when we were up north, they were really good with mortars. Yeah. Okay? They're really good with mortars. And people go like, well, you know, like you're glorified. I'm not glorifying anything. Before they fought us, they fought the French. Before they fought the French, yeah. they fought the Japanese. Some of those guys had been at war for 30 years. Yeah. Going on 40, you know? And so like you had fricking 55, 60 year old guys trumping around in the jungle, you know, like who had been doing it for a lifestyle. Yeah. And now you have an 18 year old putz who's chucking hand grenades in the dark. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> well, did yeah. you guys
0: when you're making those movements? Did you have a designated point man in or did the point theory, man? Yeah, the point man. Out? Yeah,
1: the point man should rotate, and he would rotate. So you'd go with the point man, and then you'd go through the squad. Okay, and so everybody
0: would, got a, chan- yeah, a chance. Right. to do.
1: Well, the idea was it wasn't so much a chance, but it was a chance to catch your breath.
0: Because yeah, yeah, If
1: you're you're really on point when you're on point in that, you're not on point. You're just a guy out in front with a machete. Oh, okay. And you're just cutting a hole.
0: Did you dual point? Did you have somebody doing that Uh, and somebody right behind him or anything?
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, the guy behind him, usually. And when we did it, generally, there would be three guys that kind of stayed really close to the front, so they would rotate, and they carried 3.5 rocket launcher, bazookas, hot. Okay. In the tube, wired up, ready to go. Then they'd have a bag man and another guy, and then they would trade off carrying the gun and then the ammo between the three of them. Cause the idea was, is if you make contact front, okay. Normally you'd want guns up, but the problem is you can't see anything in the guns. I mean, like in the sense of what am I shooting at? Yeah. So the bazooka would go forward and anybody like who would remotely figure out where something was coming from. Uh-huh. They just launch that bazooka there. Just, and it didn't matter. It was crazy bastards. Like if it's 15 yards in front of you, they would chunk the thing there. Okay. And you just kind of go like, uh, that's pretty close. <laughs> and the M79s, Mm-hmm. Awesome, but not in triple canopy. Yeah. Did you they, have those,
0: what, the flechette rounds or things yeah, like that? Yeah, but or? the
1: worthless HE primarily. Yeah. But it rotates nominal 12 times yeah. the arms. Yeah. And it doesn't go very far in 12 revolutions. No. So you're a lot of times eating your own stuff. Yeah. So you had to be careful. So, like, uh, what I did as I got a little bit smarter, I learned to look for openings in the trees, like up. Yeah. And I would try to throw them up and have it come back down and then detonate like an airburst. Okay. And if you could get direct fire, like, you know, I see something and I can put it through that hole. But then you know they're sort of a trajectory weapon, anyways, not a line of sight weapon. Oh, yeah. I was the uh, comm guy. So yeah, I yeah. got uh, yeah, yeah. the pre
0: September 11th days. I was doing that right. quite a bit. Right. Right. But, so that's, uh, did you have a shotgun guy in, in there anywhere? Um,
1: the, usually the staff sergeant, the gunnery sergeant, to carry shotguns. Okay. Okay. But I think it was more because it looked cool okay. and they're effective. Do
0: you remember what you they know, were? Were they the Ithacas? Uh, Ithacas.
1: It. And. Uh, I still had Winchester 97 trench guns. Oh, wow. So those are like
0: old guns. Those Getting were, the money's worth out World, of those.
1: World War II guns, yeah. That's and amazing. I didn't see a lot of Winchesters, but I remember seeing them because it always freaked me out that they'd carry it with the, as I got older, it freaked me out. When at the time, I was too stupid. But they would carry it, OK, with a, a hammer down on a live round. Of course, it's an inertia firing pencil. A bad idea if you tripped or fall. OK. okay it's you, in theory, what you and I would do if we did it today, we'd put it on half cock. OK. okay. Um, but the problem with that is, in the middle of the shitstorm, you got to reach out and cut. Remember, yeah, you got to remember. Yeah, you got to get it to go where the other ones are. Um, and I'm not, you know, I um, absolutely be. If we if we went back and played video, it'd be absolutely terrifying to see gun control. I mean, like a muzzle control. I mean, you know, like, you could, like, dude, you just like walk, you know, a click uphill. with Triple can You're just like I'm trying to stay alive here. Yeah. So Jeez. that went on for a while. And making no a longer story shorter than, I just like helicopter Atlanta one day, and they go like, Smith 2383729, get your butt on the bird, went on the bird, flew back to Quang Tree. They go like, hey, great, we're reassigning you. Okay, great. And then we send you to Da Nang. Okay, I go to Da Nang. I get there you go and we see that you've been to army language since school. Uh, and so you speak Vietnamese and I kind of go, uh, <laughs> English? 85%. Okay, yeah, 85% word. And so then uh, I got picky. And so what we did was same thing. Um, the first guy I met and that kind of was buddied up with was a guy named Doug Bader. And he was actually, actually was an American Indian. was oh, he, no, from didn't. the Carolinas. He was a Cherokee. Wow. So like, um, and that, he, yeah, he was. You know what I mean? Not like everyone else today goes, oh yeah, I, I have some Indian blood in me. <laughs> no, you don't, okay. Do a DNA thing, you're a Russian, you okay. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. So anyway, so, yeah, so we we got uh, grouped together because we were replacing a cap unit that had been wiped out during Tet. So they put 12 of us together, Larry Curley, Mo, Jerry and Steve, you know, and off you go, off you go. And okay, great. Go here. This is where they all were. This is where they all got killed. This is the gate that's blown up. We're not doing this anymore. So we're making the cap units
0: mobile. Okay because it, historically, they were living in the villages at that point uh, already. Or? They
1: didn't live in the village. They lived right outside the village. Okay. So there'd be like a, a, a compound barbed wire, bunkers, sandbags, oh, okay. mortar pit, you know, like whatever. But you the know, idea
0: I'm, was that was kind of there.
1: The problem village. with it was is the villages are probably what got the Marines killed during Tet, because that way the people will say the, the, the other guys, mm-hmm. not necessarily the bad guys, which we discussed the other guys got really close, and so they were able to breach the wire and get them, and, you know, how that goes, it could have been, no one knew Tet was coming, that's why, you know, they completely took, I mean, if we had known they were going to take over way, we would have yeah. stopped it. Okay, so, like, yeah. Um, so, we just went into these, and then the, the cap units, they go, like, okay, uh, we lost too many, so we're going to make you mobile. So, you stay right in the village in the daytime, and at night, you run, we generally would run two ambushes, we split the 12, okay. you, were never, you were never without another Marine. So yep. the smallest common denominator was two, be me and you, yep. okay? And then we might have two or three or four Vietnamese with us, which we generally, after a while, picked uh, kind of the Vietnamese we wanted. Yeah. You know, oh, you yeah. kind of Think figure so. out which guy. Not much
0: has changed. Well,
1: you remember what I told you about indigenous troops, okay? Yeah. Normal, don't trust any of them, yeah. okay? So, like, whatever. And then, uh, so we would... Start in a certain place, as it became dark, we'd go to a certain point, we would stop, we'd split, we'd go to certain points. Are these would know
0: predetermined which, uh, ambush points yeah, based pretty off much. intel or based off, hey, no, there's a trail based
1: here? On, based on dominating that area of operations. Okay. In other words, we're trying to, so if you ever look at CAP units, and then most people, but anyways. There's
0: the book The Village. There's a,
1: there's a, a, a in, in that area where we were at Hoi An, there was a minimum and maximum launch range for the 122 rockets. Since we were next to and guarding Da Nang, so to speak, these belts ran on tactical maps from South China Sea to South China Sea. Da Nang's in the middle. This is where they can launch them from. they got to be here or here, Okay. They put the cap units right in there. They bracketed them. We butt up. So our tactical area of operations would butt up one, uh, basically, area. And generally, an area was about um, two clicks. Okay. You know what I'm saying, and sometimes smaller based on whether there was a river. So yeah. ours was a little smaller because there was a river that ran through, which was actually probably more dangerous than not having it. Because okay. rivers are mobility, relatively yeah, yeah. quiet, people sure. can cross them. So like whatever. So uh, we did that, and um, um, uh, yeah, and so it was pretty much a happy meal. We would do the two ambushes, everybody would stay cool, and then what you do is just. Um,
0: and you initiate them with uh, with what. Do you remember? Yeah,
1: usually you claim okay. we this so now We really, had to claim Yeah, we guys. oh, yeah, we now now when you're in the cap units, you're in the big league okay. by that. I mean, we go to our company headquarters, which was at Hoi An, and The captain was there mm-hmm. and then there'd be like, a, you know, like a staff sergeant or gunnery sergeant there. So that was the base. But you would go there when we got there. I mean, like um, you basically, of course, you had to give all your weapons back to your parent unit when you mm-hmm. left. So okay. like when i left quang tree okay. after i left my company i turned my rifle in and i went to so when i got so they go like when you get to denang you go you got a gun don't worry it's like that line and everybody thinks they invented it okay if it's a big fight you'll find a gun <laughs> you know that one okay so like it you was uh, the line on the so ground. when we got to hoi um, uh, we get there captain you know like vogel big german guy um he like Command Marines, and now you're actually being treated a little bit more like Marines rather than children. Even probably that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, but he opens his door and there's this room man, and there was like World War III in there. Yeah, Man, you pick a gun. I mean, that was like-
0: What did you grab, M14? So
1: like- uh, m Actually in the beginning I grabbed, because they didn't actually have one then, I got an M79 again. Okay. Okay. So I had a 1911. Sidearm too. Uh, yeah, I had a 1911. And it was I probably was more threat to myself than anybody else uh, because I absolutely knew nothing about like that and the context that we're talking. Yeah. Dad's plinking, you know, with 22 pistols. Yeah. So I got an M79. That's cool. Um, And everybody got what they wanted. And then um, um, they even had a 57 recoilless in there, which shoulder fired. So we on occasion would go like take it and just take it out and Got something you didn't like because it was kind of a surprise package. You know, someone would chuck a grenade at you at night, you'd throw 57 <laughs> back at them. Yeah, and it was, so like, yeah, so we, we weren't cowboys, but you could have a tendency to be cowboy ish, mm-hmm. okay? Because, like, and um, to clarify a point here, which is a lot of stupid people don't get. When we went into the villages, our job there was to protect the people, okay? We would run So
0: now it. they've told you your mission. Here's yeah, your we, mission. Yeah, we
1: have a mission now. So our mission is to harass, interdict, okay? And make contact if possible, okay? Um, so that's the deal. You're in there to stop them from getting in to launch those rockets on the airbase. That's your job. Got and it. to protect your village. And it was truly hearts and minds, and this is what I mean by that. Um, so we would protect them with that harvest of rice. We would guard the rice. Okay. Until it was like properly put wherever they wanted to put it. Okay. So that they we were, so we're cutting off food okay. from the enemy. Okay. The enemy. You're yeah. cutting off movement, right? And so then what we would do is ambushes at night, come back to the village in the daytime, never in the same place always change, okay. sometimes split into two like groups, which are now not really fire teams, because there's usually like six guys and six guys or five guys and five guys. Or you know what? Oh, I'm saying. Well, that's who you're
0: going out with. That's that's my Marines. And then a couple so of those guys
1: were like, well, OK, you, you and you you're going to go to the east end of the village. Yeah. OK, okay. you guys set, set, up, set there. up there. Then what we would do is as people would walk through on the roads, you'd run ID checks. OK, who are you? Where are you going? Where are you from? show me your papers yeah okay i don't know you what are you doing in my village
0: right and you would have indige there with you yeah speaking
1: them. vietnamese and then half of it you know like um you know by now you're speaking vietnamese so you got all the you know the really good stuff you know put yeah. your hands up you know right. uh, show me your papers you know what i'm saying so same yeah. as in iraq you, you figured it out after a while afghanistan same thing so oh. Were you guys,
0: on, when you set up in those ambushes, you remember were you were online or L? Or?
1: Online L's, and we actually ran circular ones. Okay. So, like, the idea is like we had, and you never set the same place every night. You'd always go. So, a favorite place, for example, was there was a cemetery. So, you would set up just like inside in a circle. Okay. Which sounds weird, but um, not. Okay. Because the problem with linear is it always sounds really good and it's all tactical but i can tell you okay from personal experience no matter which
0: way you're facing it's, it's
1: be the, the wrong, wrong way,
0: way. <laughs> okay so circle then you can face everything face everything and then would you shift when you saw them coming down or when they initiated with the no basically you want to hold
1: the ground where you are until the contact is basically made and then resolved and then we were big on jumping up and going i mean everybody i got you know moved through. through okay and it's dark dude okay you have no idea there's We'll say there's 10 Marines. So you're there with 10 Marines and 15 Vietnamese. Um, you're there with 10 people. So you guys light
0: it up and then well, out of there? Well, you had
1: to kind of encourage people to shoot. And uh, most of the time, uh, if you made contact, you could break contact and the circular ones we anticipated we would hold. So we always had air like uh, puffs on call. Uh, nice. And okay. of course the Air Force, the air base, took really good care of us because they knew the cap units were keeping the rockets off of them.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So when you called yeah. for air, they basically they
1: just came off the ground wheels up and they're over you. Wow. I and mean, that's how quick. So like you if they had a bird like in a ready, then you'd, you'd get stuff really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So and the most I've ever seen, uh, you know, I have uh, you, I told you and I don't mean anything about it. OK, it's just that uh, there was a time when I made a poor decision and I got an enemy marksmanship award.
0: And is that, that is the, that this this deployment here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so towards the end, I, I only got like uh, two weeks to go,
0: two weeks to go. And
1: so like uh, So you've
0: been here for how long at this point, uh, Almost a year
1: going on over a year, going on over a year. Yeah. Right. Marine tours were 13 months. Okay. Armies were 12. Okay, so like a uh, typical Marine Corps. Was exactly. Moments, yeah, right. So like um, um, that particular incident, which is... Two know, weeks ago. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I got a little scrap. Some stuff flew around. You know, I got dinged a little bit, but it was is awesome. It on patrol? Uh, actually, we were in an ambush.
0: You were initiating we, it?
1: We sprung it. Okay. Okay, and that was cool, except the ambush, when you talk about linear, we had, they would do, we would set up, a, this ambush was a linear. The idea with a linear ambush, OK, in my mind's eye for what we did is they would have what they would call uh, KT's killer teams, whatever. OK, another fancy name. You would take generally two Marines and one or two Vietnamese trustworthy and you would go out and look for trouble. OK, then you would start trouble.
0: So four then, guys.
1: Right. And then you would come back. Uh, hopefully with everyone communicating properly. Yes. OK. And see if they were stupid enough to follow, which they usually did.
0: Would you leave a stay behind like Claymore time fuse or I, anything like that? I
1: did on occasion. So you know what I'm saying? A lot of times we generally didn't leave unfired ordinance on anything because you always ate it later.
0: Or if you're running back, did you put a have a Claymore? Yeah, sort of
1: like a John Wick thing, you know, I guess yeah. you could chunk something, okay, but it's, you know, again it's a little bit more. Mm, dr- I've seen two rows of claymores and that particular one they set it off on the riverbank and it had 30 in one daisy chain and then we went back about 50 yards and set another row of 20 oh, man. and then we went back because we were getting a lot of movement on the river so like as they came ashore with boats to bring people in the okay we fired the first bank really loud <laughs>
0: yeah. or, or ran
1: back Okay. And by now, there's this cluster fornication. As and is they're this trying the one, to get out of the boat? Is this the, is this no, the I didn't get the tag on that one. So okay. the so anyways, we were out on this thing and find a wire going across the rice paddy. So this is the deal. Okay, so this is the lesson for anybody listening. And don't cut stuff if you don't know what it is. So we cut the wire, not a problem, because it's a comm wire. And you know, it's four of you line. guys. Yeah. And we go, okay, what does this wire do? So as Marines, you pull on it. Oh. Okay, because you can, you know, you can, we tracked it down to another site. Like, here's a claymore setting right here. No, we're not that dumb. So we get (laughs) the wire, we send, we go out like 20, 25 yards on each end of the wire, staying low. Okay, it's not hooked to anything. Great. So we come back together and we start pulling on the wire. Mm -hmm. Bad idea. As it turns out later on, we're probably dealing with a platoon of North Vietnamese, okay, led by indigenous or local people, and they had split into two groups and were on either side of the tree line and used the black wire for calm because they were talking to each other, okay, and they were hauling rockets. So when we pulled the wire, we pulled the phones, we pulled the phones, they got belligerent. When they got belligerent, they started shooting, and I should have got out of the way sooner, okay, but whatever. So it kind of turns into a shit show, but it's actually awesome because they're shooting now literally at each other, okay as we sort of get down and just sort of chunk something and so like in this particular incident as soon as it happened we're only about 100 yards from our linear ambush which of course is facing the wrong direction okay but you can't really stand up right now so we call in for air cover so like now we decide that okay great we need to not be in the middle of this yeah so we kind of crawl about 100 yards, give or take a little jog here and under rice paddy dyke and so So we get back with our people. So we're kind of like in our linear, turning around the white way, folding the ends. Okay, everybody's cool, we're ready to rock, and here comes Puff. So that was, again, I got my taxpayers' money. Uh, there were four stacked over us. Oh, dang. And one would fire till it was empty, rotate off, bring in the next one, fire. So like, when we got up the next morning, besides being covered in brass everywhere, Okay. So you're it, there
0: through the whole, the entire oh yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We How many out. hours is that? So I
1: got shot at 11.30, and I got medevaced at seven in the morning.
0: So you got, is that early on in the fight you got shot? 11 30. Yeah, right at the beginning.
1: Yeah, pretty close. Cause like I was out there in the middle, then we crawled back and then we got the stuff and we, yeah.
0: So. And did you get, was it a, when, uh, when you got shot, were you standing and were you shooting or were no, you, no, actually just, I was
1: sitting down and I was like moving over one of the other guys that got hit. So like I rolled my flak jacket off which you were never supposed to do, but I took it off anyways, okay? Cause like, I got all this stuff about what you're supposed to do. I also know what you do, okay? And what you do isn't always what you're supposed to do. Yep. So I took the jacket off and go over there. And so uh, one other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, you know, through the lake. So he's not gonna die with like a bandage him. And I, mine was just like a, they just nicked me It was like, off my right shoulder.
0: Well, okay. yeah, yeah uh, whatever. It was a little more than a nick. I mean, yeah, you yeah, got it. yeah.
1: What, what did I say in the cowboy moves, Yeah, they just they just nicked me. Okay,
0: okay. I, it's just, just a flesh wound. Yeah, it was a little more a flesh
1: wound. Yeah, right, sort of. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's it's all good. You know what I mean? Like
0: so, great. you have two wounded out of four. Right, and so with, we
1: go back, and the one guy got a leg thing, which is another reason you crawl because you kind of got to drag this guy because he can't actually jump up and run. I mean, is it's it a marine or indigenous? Uh, uh, indigenous. Okay, okay. so one are my Vietnamese kids. So like, uh, yeah. So and so you, when I say kids, everybody goes, "What does that mean?" Well, remember that the Marines and CAP units were generally 18, 19, and twenty years old. That, they were. We were very salty. Okay? Right. Our Vietnamese were 15, 16, and seventeen years old. Wow. Because as soon as they turned 18, they were automatically taken into the Arvin Army. Oh, wow. Okay, so we had kids. Yep. Okay. So one's wounded. A lot of of crazy kids. You know, that's the great thing about a 15-year-old kid. He thinks he's going to live forever. So he'll do some really dumb shit if he kind of likes you. so we so anyways we get hit and we go there and it's not a big deal uh they're dropping flares which turns out to be a shit show later on
0: so you're hit you're still moving yeah
1: yeah i'm fine yeah you're
0: dragging you're trying to drag yeah yeah, we we drag it yeah
1: there's no john Wayne stuff we just you're trying to move out of there yeah we just so we get back to the ambush fold in the ends everything is good we're good um now we, they figured out where we are, so they start shooting at us. That's fine. We start shooting at
0: them. And so now you're back with more Marines. Yeah, maybe.
1: I'm back with the—and the, this was one of those, by the grace of gods, on that particular evening, we didn't split into two. Okay. Because everybody was a little tired, and so if you're tired, every once in a while we put everybody and blend together. So we're now talking a nominal 24 or 5 of us total, Okay. Marines and,
0: uh, and our Vietnamese. And so are they still... Do you come back to... A, they're, they're lined up. You're, you've moved so, back yeah, to so them. They,
1: yeah, they know we're coming. We move back to them, and we're all on the same line now.
0: Okay. So now... Are you getting treated right oh, now? You yeah. you a the, corpsman on the, you? Yeah, the
1: corpsman comes. We always have a corpsman, you know. The, yep. That's sort of a Navy Marine. Yeah. Okay. So, like...
0: Um, and what does he do? Is he just stuff your wound?
1: Well, they, the, the deal with it is, is this... Really, everyone shit themselves really bad because when I got hit, the round was a tracer, so it kind of actually, even though we laugh about being nicked, it was a nick, yeah, sort of. But it kind of cauterized itself too, you wow. know, because. But the, my jacket was a little bit, kind of b- ashy, burning okay. a little bit. Like, I mean, like not on fire, yeah. but it was. So like, did it actually disintegrate
0: when it hits? What did it? What did it it? Do when it, it
1: hit? Actually, just like went in, hit the shoulder, play a ball. What do they call that? Yeah. What do they call that? I don't that? know. It a socket or yeah, something? Yeah, or? yeah, the backside. And kind of creased it and went out. So it actually, if you look at it, it looks like a knife cut. I mean, yeah. it's not like this big gaping hole like guys that lost their freaking legs. I mean, bless them. Okay. So, um, yeah. So he comes up and, you know, like uh, when that kind of got on fire, it wasn't sort of. Because at first it was just a really rock solid heavy smack. I mean, think of Mike Tyson hitting you with a boxing glove. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh God, I've been hit and wounded, I'm dying, you know, no. Uh, all I remember the sensation is just like, I kind of, you kind of wonder who the hell hit me. You know what I mean, you know I mean? That's how you kind of hit. So like when it, it was kind of ashy, I reached back and started smacking it. So when I smacked it, I splattered blood all over. So by the time I got back, covered in mud, then I got blood all over me. So it looks like my face has been blown off. Everyone's shitting themselves. I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, mom, I'm fine, yeah. okay, I'm fine. And they go like, hey, there's a morphine. I go, oh Jesus, no oh, no, okay. Like, no, we're just getting ready to rocket this thing, because now <laughs> you the two tree take lines are turned this way, now everyone's shooting, we're shooting back, everyone's shooting, it's a happy meal.
0: So you're still yeah. fighting?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, whatever, bloop, there you go, yeah. take that, you know, whatever. And, you know, no John Wayne shit, absolutely not. Call on the air, awesome, here comes these puffs, man. So we got like one that came to us and One more that came, and then one that was somewhere else that hadn't fired those. So Anyway, we had four. They're awesome. They're circling, okay? And they're kind of laying off, so they're not, like, stacked up like a chimney. They're, like, laying off, okay? And you can always tell they'll turn. When they turn, you see the blue exhaust. Then you know it's getting ready to get ready because they turn, okay? So anyways, um, when we got up the next morning, it literally looked like they had run for, like, football fields around us, it wow. looked like someone had run a rototiller. Jeez. I mean, it just—it was everything was shredded. Anything that had vegetation shredded down to the stump. I mean, they shot the crap out of everything. So, and I would point out here <clears throat> uh, that when a gunship shoots, bullets have been known to ricochet. So shit flies everywhere. This idea that every bullet fired from the plane goes into the ground—no, they don't. Okay, I mean that when you see the tracers, like the streams, uh-huh. okay, there's always, you know, four more between each one, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff is going somewhere, okay. And so, like, uh, I mean, you're kind of go like, uh, you know, I an extra hole in my pack and I didn't have it before. It's been underneath me, like in this hole all night. There's no way anyone in that tree line could have shot that. Yeah. Okay, so like. That's where you get into weird shit like friendly fire and Jeez. stuff like that. So, but
0: yeah, it was all great. Uh, I'm. Sun comes up the next morning. Yep.
1: Helicopter comes in, air cav. Air cav. Big calf old comes yellow in. shield, okay. How many people park. were
0: wounded in that besides uh, you so and your injury?
1: Just the other two. That, and I have no idea on the other side, you know. That was, that was one of those ones where we don't know, we're not counting, we don't care. Yeah. You know, it was just like, shoot everything. Let's move away from this before we run into something that's bigger. I think the cap units. They would stick and fight, but they also learned their lesson during Tet. Hmm. You know, like there is there are audio tapes of marine captainists being overrun during Tet oh, wow. where the guys are on the radio going like, holy crap, man, there's like 300 guys out here. Jeez. OK, and there's like six of us. OK, OK. Tell my wife I said goodbye. You know, so,
0: yeah. But, you know, that happens. Dang. So you're you're two weeks away from going home right now. You're heading back and you go to a field hospital somewhere.
1: Yeah. So I go. Uh, uh, long story short, helicopter, hospital ship, hospital ship, Da Nang, Da Nang, I go to Iwakuni, Japan. I stayed there for a month and change. And then um, from there, back to Okinawa, home for a month and then back to Vietnam for six more months. No kidding. With exactly. the new unit. No, no, I went back to my cap units
0: and there. Yeah. But new guys or the same guys uh, are still there? A
1: few of the same
0: guys. Yeah because it's not uh, one of those things where your whole unit's coming back and another one's relieving right. The people are coming. Right. So oh. if
1: you there's a thing, if anybody has interest in, it's not a sales pitch, but it's called CAPmarine.com, dot com. And some people over the years have like put a lot of stuff together about it. And so they had a pretty high um, rate of attrition. In cap units, yeah, and I think that you know you, you know how that is. If you take a small group and put them someplace, then they're, you know, like your yeah. teams. If you put a SEAL team in of four guys, okay, and they run into hundred Taliban, that's you're going to have like
0: losses. You know, it just happens. So, but yeah, and you go back. So did you go home there and see uh, see mom and dad? Yeah. So I, oh yeah, right home. And then, and then, and then
1: back going in, back back to Indiana and then back to Vietnam and then then same place, I, same village. Yeah, actually, they had moved um, um, like to a new village, like, I don't know, two miles closer to company okay. headquarters, so to speak. And they were just shifting stuff, you know, because you were out, you're welcome, so to speak, <laughs> in certain places. And same uh, mission? Had anything changed in no, that time? Nothing, or nothing just... changed. Everything was the same. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. And they did that up until the time I left. When I left, um, I literally it was like, you know, no big happy meal. It's just your day. You just get your shit. You know, you go back to Da Nang, they put you on the Pan American. You go uh, directly uh, from um, Vietnam to Hawaii, and then we went back. Uh, and of course, there when you're in Da Nang is where they do all the like download, you know, no hand grenades, no guns, you know what I'm getting at. So uh, like, yep. yeah,
0: turn everything right, right, back right.
1: in, right. turn everything back in. And then um, literally when I got back, that was when so it was just December of 69 that was the fastest the marine corps ever moved with anything because they were starting the vietnamization uh-huh so literally when we were there um there i probably four or five hundred of us like in different burgs and stuff yeah and um they just go like you're out of the marine corps and i go like yeah but i signed up for four years mm, yeah but we don't need you anymore wow so i served right at three years
0: No kidding. And that was
1: just it. Here you go. Sign here. Yep. And of course, you know, you go into the reserves for a few years, however long that was. And uh, then there's so like in December, I was in rice paddies. And in January, I got a job working for the my first job was working for the phone company. I was up on top of a pole in northern Indiana in January, taking telephone wires down. Wow. So no, like, hey, you know, yeah. and, you know, I think right. I've told you technically everyone knows and most right there's a DD 214. Right. So like uh, I never did anything after that. I mean, you know, like in the sense of I I just went on with my life. But then and my friend I told you about that was an inch um, He was always badgering me about like, hey, go to the VA. get get what, get what you have yeah. coming. I mean, you know, like in the, and you went once. So I went once in 70, and then I went once in 2002. So when I went back... That was your to,
0: follow-up appointment?
1: Yeah, that was my follow-up appointment. It's really 32 difficult. 32 years later, yeah. So I went, and, and then uh, it was interesting, though. You talk to the people, and you know, you know what I'm getting at. You, uh, you get, now we get into... They wouldn't even have known to call it that 30 years before, but now they have you know, post-traumatic stress, and do you need counseling? And I go, like, I think I managed the last 32. I got this covered. <laughs> but then... It was amazing. I got all kinds of shit in the mail, okay, after I went. So I got it upgraded, what's called a DD-215. Oh, really? I've never heard of this. Right. So it had all your upgraded stuff, all the decorations that you kind of got shorted when you were chunked out the door, not that that they're worth a nickel or whatever. And the cool thing is I got like a formal and a red cover Purple Heart Citation. You didn't have one before? No. I had a piece of type paper that said.
0: No you know, No one ever presented it to you. They shouldn't show up in the hospital well, and give you they, one.
1: they showed up at the hospital because I think I told you Lou Walt was a three-star general. He gave me my Purple Heart in Denang before okay. I went to Iwakuni, Japan.
0: Right. Okay. So
1: like, And Lou Walt had a vested interest in the cap units. He really liked them a lot. Okay. And he's an old Marine raider from like, Guadalcanal. Oh, wow. I mean, like, so this is a real deal. Yes, yeah. Marine. yeah this is not like a 19-year-old knucklehead standing there shot because he forgot to get out of the way. This guy is a real Marine. Yeah. Like, a wow. A, an original raider. Yeah. Not like, a, yeah. Jeez. so. But well, yeah, it was just, like, you get all that stuff. And, you know, um, like I said, um, that was, I always told the joke like, um, I got home on Saturday and Sunday morning, my dad came in.
0: This is what I was going to ask yeah, you about yeah, because I, I think it's I, valuable yeah, for people. Yeah, I
1: love my dad. Okay. My dad is awesome. I had great parents, but my dad was born again hard. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. 42 missions in the Pacific and, yeah. He lost a lot of friends. And so, like, it was funny, Saturday I get home, hey, hey, you know, hug a group hug, yeah, okay. Uh, let's find a girlfriend right quick, okay, so like whatever. So Sunday morning we're sitting at the table and my um, mom's cooking breakfast and she's just whoo, happy meal. And uh, my sisters and brothers, you know, everybody's like, hey, and, uh, you know, stupid made it home. And so my dad walks in and he goes, hey, I want you to know that uh, um, I'm really thankful that you're home, I'm glad you're safe, okay, and I appreciate what you did. Okay, and he said, I need to know when you're gonna get a job. And I go, Tomorrow will be okay, sir? He goes, Yeah, that would be fine.
0: That, I think that's valuable. That's for how everyone. we spent Sunday, go get yep, a job. Because those guys got back from World War II, and that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, they just got back to work.
1: And I think that's it. You know, I, I think, like we said, there's a lot of these things heroes and honor. We know there are. You've met them, you've seen them. I know there are. I've met them, I've seen them. You know, uh, like my friend Major Tom you know he had a silver star man he had a bronze star he had three purple hearts from two different wars no. okay i mean this legion of merit this guy is a guy legit you know what i mean he's legit i mean i'm just a guy who forgot to get the fuck out of the way you wow. know what i'm saying but um and but um you know it was funny when i was in the dmz up north before i got transferred to cap i did get a piece of mail and i got my draft notice so, <laughs> so, that was awesome okay so like uh yeah but that, a lot, that happened to a lot of guys. It was really funny. It was, it was sort of the family joke. I yeah. used it as a fire starter that night. Oh. So like, yeah. But uh, no, there's um, there a lot more to life than just doing that. I think, you know, if you... And I'm absolutely, you straight in the face, I am absolutely not a perfect person. I've done some shit in my life I'm not proud of. But I don't mean like Rob Banks or Rake chickens. I'm saying, you know, I, I would have made different decisions, you know, yeah. on some stuff. Um, But, you know, um, not being, spending my 19th and 20th birthdays both in Vietnam and being 71 now, um, I wouldn't take a thing for it, but I don't want to do it again. I get it. If I had to do it again, like, if you go, hey, Clint, I need you to come with me. Yeah, I'll go with you. But you already know I move slow. Okay, so (laughs) I have a bum leg now, so, but whatever. But, uh, no, it's it's just a life experience. If you're going to call people heroes and talk about people with honor and talk about those things, they're, they're probably, I don't know about those words, but I know there are people who showed up and gave their lives and died alone mm-hmm. and probably scared. And I think that, um, we should remember those people. You know what I mean? I think there's something to that. I, um, and they did it a lot. I mean, we did it in World War I, we did it in World War yeah. II. You know, we did it in Iraq, Afghanistan. You know, and um, I, I don't know what honor is, in a manner of speaking. Man, I, We can come up with a definition. And I, I don't know, you know about all that. But I'm just saying that uh, I, I think that there's, a, um, there's something in us that needs to remember yeah. that other people didn't come back. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, people go, hey, how's your life? And they go like, really, dude, I'm living the dream. (laughs) I'm like, "Woo!" you know, compared to I didn't come back. You know, so like, um, yeah. And
0: what would would you say to uh, or if you for a message for people that have have not met you, have not come here to train, uh, do not maybe have uh, a mentor in their life. They've spent a few years in the military. They have an experience in Iraq and Afghanistan and now they're home. And now they're they're out of the military. Uh, do you have anything that, yeah, that uh, you say to them? They say
1: I, you are told that a nominal 22 people a day commit suicide from military service members, prior service members. I think that um, uh, if there was a way that we could help these people, you know, some people are just crazy. I know I've seen it as a cop. You're, that guy's just crazy. OK, you know, there's really no resolve. That guy's got a gun. And he's walking around the front yard shooting. A, yeah, I got it. There's a resolution for that. But I think they're also the same. There are people who, that we talked about a moment ago about people remembering people who perished. I think there are people who have perished to a degree, but they're still physically here. I think if we could do something to maybe address that, you know, I think there's probably some form of evil in the world that we discuss. But I think that maybe you and I could see if we could not contribute to that today. Well, it's, yeah. yeah, maybe we could that's raise children start. that kind of had a, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't get shit for free, you know, um, and you know, I got it. If, if people are downtrodden, and what's that thing on the Statue of Liberty? You know, give me your, yeah. yeah. But dude, really, like, here's a thought: on Sunday morning, your dad should walk in and go, get a
0: job. That's it, right there. Yeah. I think that's a great way to way to end it thank you so much yes. for doing this, yes. and uh, we'll, uh, if, if, once again, uh, it's, it's an honor yep. to know you, an honor to sit you down too. with you. Thank awesome. you for taking the time to do it. this, and uh, I'm looking forward to part two. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Welcome to the gear review section of Danger Close. Okay, what do I have here? Sig P365. Love this pistol right here. This is what I'm carrying more often than not when I leave the house, so uh, this thing is legit. If you don't have one, you probably should. Okay. Also, a blade. So, this is an Amtac Northman. My friend Bill Rapier, who's a former SEAL, designed this thing. Awesome. And on the sheath, you can even start fire with this bad boy. And this one doesn't go in the appendix. It goes in your pocket. So, it has that clip there, just like another clip-it type knife. So, that's legit right there. And if I'm carrying that, which I am, uh, I also carry something else. So, for opening packages or cutting rope or whatever else. So I'm not using the knife that's reserved for fighting. So this one is a uh, New West Works, and it's super thin and love this little thing. So this is like the utility knife and that one's the fighting knife. All right, Aries Watch. So I've been wearing this for about a year and a half now, something like that. But uh, Matt Graham, Aries Watches, uh, did some work at the agency and just super guy. He also likes Land Cruisers, awesome. So this thing, super cool. Oh, pistola goes in the black point tactical mini wing. So when I got out of the Navy, I tried so many different holsters, tried out a ton of different ones and just loved the black point tacticals, especially these mini wings that have the leather right there. So it wraps a little bit and it's an awesome crew down there as well. Ball and buck wallet, nice and slim. Thanks guys. Awesome company there. And then for a light boom, boom. So, got this guy here. It's a Streamlight. So, if I lose it, falls out of the pocket, it's, uh, I'm not going to have a heart attack because it is not crazy expensive, but it's still a great light. And if you lose it, not the end of the world. So, definitely have a few of these. What else here? Phone case. Who's that? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. Why? Because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. Awesome. And what else do I have here? Oh, this, uh, this pen. Pretty cool. I don't even know who makes it, but it's like a... Uh, Lever Action Rifle. Got this for my retirement. Thing is awesome. Love this pen. And then if you see me somewhere out and about and I have my backpack on or my coffee shop or whatever, usually I have one of the copies of the book. So be sure and stop me. Say hello. I'd be happy to sign this for you. So that's that. Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close podcast. For more with Clint Smith, follow him uh, at Thunder Ranch Inc. And hit the website, thunderranchinc.com. And be sure to pick up his book, Urban Rifle 2, and make this the year you get out to Thunder Ranch. It's a 900-acre facility out in Oregon. It's incredible, beautiful, and I get out there every chance I get. So get out there, pay them a visit, do rifle work, pistol work, uh, scoped rifle work. Just get out there. You will thank me. And until the next time, hey, you can follow me at officialjackcar.com, Jack Car USA, and be sure to leave a review if you like this podcast. And leave a good one the next time take care be safe keep fighting in case you missed it on a recent episode of danger close an ironclad original Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels, you know, oh, well, because i have been getting asked this a lot, like, well,
1: are you left or are you right? Are you progressive? Are you conservative? What are box do you fit in? Which exactly, box do you check? Completely.
0: Are you an enemy or right, right. An ally. How, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.